0: This is a true crime podcast. Are we dead yet? Hosted by Mari Pilling. This is the mind blowing case of the Slenderman stabbing and let's jump right into it. We first need to set the stage. It was 2009 June and Eric Knudsen, known as Victor Surge to his online community, was taking part of a Photoshop competition titled Something Awful Internet Forum, where they were challenged to take part in creating paranormal images. That's how Slenderman was born. Knudsen posted the digital creation online with the caption that read, We didn't want to go, we didn't want to kill them, but its persistent silence is outreached in arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. And one of the two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library blaze, notable for being taken which day 14 children vanished and which reference to the Slender Man. Deformity cited as films affected by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph compensated as evidence, and it cited in 1986 a photographer, Mary Thomas. It claims that she had been missing since June 13, 1986. Now keep in mind, these photographs were digitally altered and they were fake. These details added to the digital photographs effectively transformed his work of fantasy into reality for some of the internet users. People actually began to believe the origin story of this fictional character and people quickly became fascinated by this monster. The written lore spoke of it luring children and young adults into the woods, driving them mad by its gruesome demand. Paranoia is heavily rooted in the Slenderman's lore, called the Slender Sickness. The monster is commonly described as lengthy, very tall, and thin, with unnaturally long tentacle arms bald with leathery, bleached white skin, and dressed in a man's Sunday best. Fast forward a couple years, the summer of 2014 in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Peyton Luder and Morgan Geyser had been friends for years, growing up together in their small town. The girls met in fourth grade Peyton drawn to Morgan because she was a loner who needed a friend. I made friends with her when I saw that she didn't have any friends at all. As they got older, Morgan started to obsess over Slender Man, and Peyton said, It kind of frightened me a little bit, but I went along with it because I thought I was being supportive. Peyton later became so uncomfortable with Morgan's obsession that she thought about ending their friendship. Once the girls were in sixth grade, Morgan found a new friendship with Anissa Wire because they both lived in the same apartment complex and they took the bus together. They hit it off quickly, with both of them being completely enamored by Slenderman. Peyton later says that she never recalled liking Anissa. She was cruel to her and could tell that she was jealous because Morgan was better friends with Peyton. Peyton says that she tried to pull away from the girls, but they always sucked her back in due to Morgan's guilt tripping. Unfortunately, it was around this time they were probably already planning her murder. Who's ever heard of two 12-year-old girls planning for six months to kill one of their best friends? Morgan and Anissa shared their delusions of being able to communicate with Slenderman telepathically, and they started to worship him. They believed he lived in an abandoned mansion about five hours away from their hometown. They thought if they murdered Peyton, they would become Slenderman's proxies, but they also feared that if they didn't kill her, Slenderman would kill them and their families. I didn't want to do this. I was afraid of what would happen if they did At this time, they devised three plans for killing Peyton, but several setbacks made them realize that they were going to have to improvise in the moment when the time was right. On May 30th, 2014, the three girls got together to celebrate Morgan's 12th birthday. They all went to the roller rink, got frozen yogurt, and then settled in for a sleepover that night. Morgan and Anissa knew that this was the best time to execute their plan. The girls originally wanted to duct tape Peyton's mouth shut and then stab her in the neck while she slept, but claimed that they were too sleepy and tired to go through with it. The next morning, all three girls woke up and they started to play again. Early on, Morgan and Anissa came up with another plan to lure Peyton into the park bathroom so that when they would stab her, the blood could drain and it would be easier to wash away. Normally, the girls weren't allowed to go to the park alone, but since it was Morgan's birthday, her mom let them enjoy their time alone together. Before they left, the girls stole a knife from the kitchen. Once they got to the park, all three girls made their way to the bathroom, but Morgan and Anissa backed out due to nervousness. After ditching their plan for the second time, Morgan and Anissa decided to lure Peyton deep into the woods for bird watching and a game of hide and seek. Do you remember leaving the park to go to the woods? They just wanted to go on a walk, and I didn't think much of it, it's just a walk. It's in Waukesha, like what bad stuff happens in Waukesha, Wisconsin? Anissa said, Morgan and I were going to be the lionesses, chasing down a zebra. I was going to tackle her, and Morgan was gonna do the stabbing. Anissa told Peyton to lie on the ground and cover herself with sticks and leaves because it was a part of their game. Once Peyton was down on the ground, Anissa walked a few feet away and then shouted, Now! Morgan sprang into action. As Morgan pinned Peyton down, Anissa cheered her on, saying, Go ballistic, go crazy. When no, i five feet away, I said now, Go ballistic, go crazy. Stab, 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 stab. Morgan stabbed Peyton 19 times. Afterwards, Morgan said, It was weird. I felt no remorse. I thought I would. I actually felt nothing. Did you feel bad? I just stabbed one of your best friends. I thought about it, but then I decided that uh, remorse will give me nowhere. It's here to live without regret. Peyton was barely alive. Morgan and Anissa told her to lie still and to be quiet so she wouldn't lose as much blood. They looked at her motionless body, and they said that they were going to get help, but they were lying. A few moments passed, and then Morgan and Anissa started to leave, but the last words Peyton ever spoke to Morgan were, I trusted you. I hate you. Peyton was left for dead. Coming in and out of consciousness, she had saved some of her strength. She was able to crawl through the dense forest, eventually using trees as her support. I got up and then just walked until I hit a patch of grass where I could lay down. Around 10 a.m., a passing cyclist found her body at the dead end of Big Bend Road and immediately called 911 after seeing the stab wounds on her legs, arms, and torso. Officer Klein was the first to arrive on the scene and notice her completely limp body, as he approached her, he said in a calming voice, Hi, I'm Officer Dan. Are you okay? Peyton responded with a soft and faint no. The officer walked closer and closer and started to notice the pools of blood surrounding her body. Peyton had enough strength to tell Officer Klein that her best friend, Morgan, and another girl attacked her before passing out again. Peyton was rushed to the hospital and was immediately taken into emergency surgery. The cuts on her legs and arms were only superficial, but the two knife wounds on her torso punctured major organs. But I could see that she was covered. Her arms and her legs and her abdomen, were covered in stab wounds. One sliced through her diaphragm, puncturing her liver and stomach, and the other went through her heart, missing a major artery by only a millimeter. Dr. John Kilman operated on Peyton for six hours and said if the knife had only gone a width of a human hair further, she would have died. While Payton was in surgery, the detectives went to Morgan's home, but none of the girls were there. Police started looking for the girls and they were found wandering along Interstate 94 for five hours. It was about 2.53 in the afternoon. I had gotten a a message that the Sheriff's Department had located the girls on the side of I-94. They were sitting on the side of the freeway. One of the detectives who found the girls said that they were calm and collected, but claimed to be searching for Slenderman's mansion because he was expecting them. The detectives brought the girls in for questioning, but separately. Both girls admitted to trying to kill Peyton, but ultimately, they pinned the blame on each other. Is she dead? I don't know. She wants to to the hospital. What? I was just wondering. Anissa told investigators that it was all Morgan's idea to kill Peyton from the beginning. Anissa started to spiral, stating that she thought Slenderman was real because she could see him and that they would talk all the time on the bus. Morgan told investigators that it was Anissa's plan to kill Peyton because if they didn't, she repeated that Slenderman would kill them and their families. So did you guys talk about doing this beforehand? him? Anissa told me we had to. Why? Because she said that he'd kill our family. Uh, Detective searched Morgan's room and her locker, collecting evidence pointing to her as the ringleader. Her notebooks were filled with drawings using Slenderman as her muse. She mutilated her dolls, their arms and legs were cut off, and Morgan had thousands of questionable search histories on her laptop about murder and she had even sent an email to Anissa reminding her to wipe her own browser history. Miraculously, Peyton was released a week later after the assault on Saturday, June 7th, and was expected to make a full recovery. That close to death, nearly five hours after Peyton crawled out of those woods, the two other girls are found. Both girls were charged with attempted first-degree intentional homicide and said to be charged as adults rather than minors. They were facing up to 60 years in prison. In August of 2014, Anissa took a plea bargain admitting to a lesser charge of second-degree intentional homicide in order to win her insanity defense and not technically be found guilty. In 2017, she was sentenced to 25 years in a mental institution. In March of 2021, after only serving three and a half years, Anissa, now 19 years old, petitioned the courts for her release, stating that she had completed every treatment available to her at the mental institution. Unable to prove that she was still a danger to society, Anissa was released from the Winnebago Mental Health Institute on September 13, 2021. She'll serve out the rest of her sentence in the community and will be monitored with GPS tracking device. She'll be supervised by case managers until she's 37 years old. Morgan was diagnosed with early onset schizophrenia and psychotic spectrum disorder, which is extremely rare for people her age. She later told her psychiatrists that she could communicate with other fictional characters, such as Harry Potter and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Morgan also cut a deal, pleading guilty to first-degree intentional homicide, and she, too, was found not guilty due to mental insanity. On February 1st, 2018, Morgan had been sentenced to 40 years to the Wisconsin Mental Hospital, the maximum sentence allowed. Her mother later saying, Morgan's untreated mental illness is what made her a danger, and she's no longer a danger. Her illness has been treated very successfully. Today, Peyton is thankful for not remembering the assault. She says that she still sleeps with a pair of broken scissors under her pillow at night for protection. Peyton, now a 19-year-old college student, says that this incident had inspired her to go into the medical field. A spokesperson for Peyton's family says, We have seen her become a victim, but turn into a survivor. In 2019, Morgan wrote to Peyton saying, I wish I had the words that can make everything better, but I don't. So all I can say now is how sorry I am and how I can promise you that not a day goes by that I don't regret what I did. Stay strong." Peyton's response was, "'It's a nice gesture, but they're just words on a piece of paper." When asked about her thoughts on Morgan, Peyton responded with, "'I probably would initially thank her. I would say, just because of what she did, I had the life I have now and I really, really like it. I would think that someone who went through the situation that I did would never say that, but it's truly how I feel. Without the whole situation, I wouldn't be who I am today. In a recent interview done by ABC News, Peyton's parents said, She's an amazing child. She's meant to do something special. She's here for a reason. Thank you for listening to Are We Dead Yet? A true crime podcast hosted by Mari Pilling.